What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. There's some kind of devil that lives in my microphone cable. I do not know what it is or where it is or why it does what it does, but occasionally, apparently, it just loses its fucking mind. Yeah. Now you've gotten loud again. Yeah. <laughs> Loud. <sighs> it seriously sounds, I mean, it doesn't sound like that right now, but whenever stuff starts happening, it sounds like you have your microphone in your hand and you're in a small hallway and you're just banging it on either wall for some reason. <laughs> I, like I said, I've got, I, I have no fucking idea. Yeah. It's got to be, there has to be a short in my mic cable somewhere, but I've checked it a thousand times. There's no kinks or anything, so I don't know where it could be. So I just read a headline that said Amazon will drop two hour, $2 hourly bonus for warehouse workers as Jeff Bezos is on track to become the world's first trillionaire. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised <laughs> that counts as news. Right? I'm not, I'm not saying that someone should kill Jeff Bezos and eat him. But maybe, maybe that's what should happen. Like literally they should literally Jeffrey Dahmer his ass. Yeah. I feel like there's just certain situations when you have that much money, they're like shit's going on and he can just be like, well, here's like a billion dollars that I will never miss. Why don't you just take that and fix whatever's, whatever's going on. Yeah, but sadly that doesn't happen. But I don't understand why these guys don't want to be heroes, like these rich guys. Like he could easily go and say, "I'm going to take this money," and he could hold a big press conference and announce he's going to give this money to his staff, and it would have no impact on his life whatsoever. But there'd be all sorts of nice articles about him in the papers, yeah. and, uh, and on the I guess the papers is an outdated term, but whatever. <laughs> like on all the websites, like wouldn't that be nice to just log into the internet and there's just all sorts of nice articles about you, and you could make that happen at any time. Just do it. Yeah, yeah, and you could be like, hey, Amazon cares about their workers, yeah, and that's like the best press ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
I've I've shown people the math on it a bunch of times. If if you had a billion dollars and you didn't do anything special with that billion dollars, you just spread it out in chunks across a ton of banks to make sure that, you know, in case the banks collapse or whatever your your insurance covers it, mm-hmm. you could pay yourself nearly a million dollars a year and at the end of every year you would be richer than you were at the beginning of the year. <laughs> That's how much a billion dollars is. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Like that is that is in, and no one. There is no one who needs more than a million dollars a year. No one. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit what weird, lavish uh, prostitute and cocaine laden lifestyle you live. If if you can't make it work on a million dollars, then you should be shot. And he has, like, what, $136 billion? Is that what it is? Cor- correct. At least that's the number they always throw around. So literally $1 billion that you could literally just set on fire and you would never miss it. Which means you could just give it to whatever. Whatever whatever social, social thing that needs to be done. You could just do it with a billion dollars yeah. and not even realize that you had lost any money. Yeah, he could actually afford right right now. He could give every Amazon employee fifty thousand dollars to get through the uh, mm-hmm. pandemic, and it 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 would not even register on his wealth. Like it wouldn't affect anything. Guys, you guys are forgetting the most important thing: numbers on spreadsheets that you don't even really check very often are more important than human life. That is the mantra of modern society. I guess. And when you take that into consideration, everything you guys just said sounds pretty foolish. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, now I feel dumb. Stupid people's lives. Uh, I wish I had these kind of problems. What kind of problems? Uh finding out if I can get rid of a billion dollars and if it would affect my life at all. If you have to ask the question, it won't. Yeah. That's, that's the answer right there. But I wish that was I, like my biggest I problem mean, in life. In the interest of fairness right now, Brian, if you just gave away a billion dollars, if you just announced you were giving away a billion dollars tomorrow, it would still have no impact on your life either. So Yeah, that's true. I'm at the, I'm at the point right now that if I lost $10... I could shrug that off and be like, meh, it's $10. But I'm still at the point that if I lost $100, I'd be like, fuck, $100. I need that money so bad. Goddamn Amazon. But Did you guys order anything good off Amazon? Did you guys order either of the movies for this week from Amazon? Just out of curiosity. Uh, I did not, but... I do have a story about one of my movies, so. I, I was going to say, you know what the worst thing is? Is I I try not to, I, I fucking, I think Amazon is an evil ass company and I don't want anything to do with them. So I do everything I can to avoid using them. But yeah. because of that, my online rental selections, like, all end up being voodoo. And that's just fucking Walmart. And Walmart's an evil ass fucking company. So I'm not accomplishing anything. <laughs> Well, luckily, they're selling it to Fandango, so. Fandango. 
So it won't be a giant corporation anymore, but corporation to buy tickets to movie theaters, that's probably not going to be a thing after all this quarantine's over with. Well, the the sweet irony of that is right now they're saying Amazon is trying to buy AMC, mm-hmm. which I am 100% against. Yeah, but like again, Jeff Bezos could buy it and not even realize he bought it. True. But I mean, at some point, antitrust laws have to kick in. I mean, Amazon just, they control too much stuff. Like, that's not the way things are supposed to work. Mm. See, the problem is Disney owns way too much shit. And so if they try to get somebody else like Amazon, they can be like, yeah, but what about Disney over there? And they're like, oh, shit. But we like Disney, so. Yeah. Well, I think think Disney needs to be broken up into its component parts, and those need to be run separately. But besides that, the the idea that I, I know a lot of people are upset by how much IP Disney owns. And that I personally don't give a fuck about because IP is not like a real world currency. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I don't like the fact that Disney owns movie production and distribution and, you know, a thousand other asset pieces of that industry, which one company should not control all the individual parts. I don't know. Too heavy. Let's talk about fun stuff. I want to talk about Jaws ripoffs. <laughs> <laughs> so this was Doug's pick, even though uh, these were not on the list. <laughs> Doug wanted to watch shark movies, and I was like, well, how about we watch stuff that's sort of like shark movies, but not really? And he came up with these two movies. Yeah. Is that a problem? or? No. I just wanted to do. I wanted to do a show dedicated to movies where killer whales are the real heroes. <laughs> so. That is a weird, got, weird connective one, tissue. One one movie is a Jaws ripoff, and the other movie is a Jaws two ripoff. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, did it come out? When did Jaws two come out, though? I don't know. If it came out before Jaws two, then Jaws two is a ripoff of. <laughs> It's too, yeah, bad. So. it's too bad we don't have a way to check stuff like that. Listen, Jaws 2 came out. Tell me how to live. Listen, Jaws 2 came out in 78 and Tentacles was 77, mm-hmm. I believe. So, As Well, no, Orca. Orca. Uh, yeah, I was going to say Orca is the ripoff of Jaws 2. What's Orca the ripoff of Jaws 2? Because the entire plot of Jaws 2 is that the mate of the first shark comes back for revenge. It's like it's basically the same plot. <laughs> Yeah, but, is it? It's been it's been a long time since but, I watched Jaws too. I don't I don't remember it being the mate. I just remember it being a different shark that was seeking yeah. revenge. And I don't know if it was seeking revenge or if Roy Steiner's character was gone insane. Because yeah, I don't think yeah. we don't really aren't really told what the uh, the shark yeah. is thinking. It's 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 supposed it's supposed to be the mate of the first shark, which sharks don't bond like that so that doesn't make any fucking sense but <laughs> yeah uh, I don't know if I yeah I don't know if that's in the movie that might be in some you know prequel comic or whatever weird shit that they did for Jaws 2 but no I think I think in Jaws 2 they explicitly say it see my memory my memory of Jaws 2 is that the, sh- the second shark shows up starts killing people it definitely like 
there's some implication in the fact that the first kills take place at the the wreck of the orca from the first film and stuff like that and then we have Chief Brody like hypothesizing saying like is it possible that a shark could seek revenge for something that happened to another shark but I don't know as we learn in Jaws 4 yes um yeah but how about we do this next week's homework is to watch Jaws 2 yeah no problem I love Jaws 2 (laughs) I thought we were calling tentacles the Jaws 2 ripoff because of the kids in the sailboats all getting attacked the way that happens in Jaws 2 well, that's the secondary theme, is two movies that rip off Jaws 2 before Jaws 2 was made. Psychic ripoff. Our, like, our, our tertiary theme is the one we were trying to do, which was Jaws ripoffs. <laughs> <laughs> well, Noah, why don't you tell us about Orca and explain how... I mean, I guess we've already kind of explained how it's supposedly a Jaws 2 ripoff. Yeah, so, so Orca is... Uh, it starts off as a dude who uh, sedates and captures great white sharks, I guess, and sells them to aquariums. So he's like the worst. You know what I mean? He's one of those yeah. guys. Yeah, the uh, beginning of this movie did not sell me on this movie. So, Yeah, after after seeing a orca fucking ass, ass wallop of fucking shark. And throw it out of the water. It's the weirdest. I love that moment, but you're like, man, what the fuck just happened? It like bit it and it goes flying through the air like a rag doll. He's supposed to have rammed it. Right. Uh, but so he decides, hey, you know what? I could make a lot of money off of catching orcas for SeaWorld because once, once again, he's the worst fucking, just the worst. Mm-hmm. Uh, he starts following around this scuba diver lady who turns out to be a college professor who teaches about orcas, which I don't think is a thing. I don't think that there is an orca class in college. There might be. You don't know. Maybe. I mean, there's those weird hyper-specific ones, so so I could be way fucking wrong on that. Uh, he says, I'm going to go catch me an orca, and she says, don't do that. They're... Uh, Smarter than people and and weird sea gods, which is <laughs> odd, but okay. Uh, he goes out, he shoots at a male, misses the male, hits the female. Uh, it it screams horribly, and then uh, I, I guess the orca c- attempts to commit suicide because it's drugged. I don't, I don't that I don't fucking understand. But it swims into their boat propeller, trying to kill itself. They drag it out. There's a horrible like orca birth scene. And you see this like horrible orca fetus monster in which that that would be an even better movie with a that terrible orca fetus hunting people down and killing them. I'd be down with that. What about a ghost, uh, ghost of a killer whale? Ooh, I have uh, I have added to my favorites a movie called Ghost Shark. So if you find a ghost, uh, ghost shark is real bad. Yeah. We don't want to find a ghost whale and try to team him up. All right. Just just gonna let you know now. It's not good. Uh, And then basically the rest of the movie is kind of in a weird way. It's a reverse Moby Dick. So instead of (laughs) Ahab relentlessly hunting the whale, the whale is relentlessly hunting the man (laughs) and just fucking with him. 
and fucking with his life because n- not only is it intelligent in the it knows to like sink your boat to fuck with you, but it's also intelligent in the it knows how to like break gas lines and start fires and knock down houses, which seems mm, not right. <laughs> And then we get the cool final fight where you think that uh, um, uh, poor man's Rudger Hauer's finally going <laughs> to fight off the the killer orca. And instead, that orca fucks his life up. Arguably kills him. I, I, I can't see how it's arguably. <laughs> well, I just – you seem to be downplaying it is my point. Uh, so yeah. – And Robert prob- Carradine Wait. shows up for like five minutes uh-huh. randomly. <laughs> It's a problem I have with this movie. Started watching it like a week and a half ago when we were originally going to do it. And Voodoo, because I bought it like, I don't know, a year ago because I knew it was on the list or or I would at least want to watch it at some point because it's not on the list. That's the whole point. But <laughs> so I bought it figuring, oh, we'll probably do it on the show someday. So then I was watching it and I got about halfway through and Voodoo started like skipping and it would like play for 20 seconds then it would like buffer like the 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 movie poster would pop up and you get the little spinning wheel and then yeah, vo- voodoo is outrageously unstable yeah well the weird thing is so it would do that every 20 seconds and then it would just like freeze so it was almost like I got a DVD with like a scratch on it or something, but it's, it's a digital file from a streaming service. And so I was like, well, my internet must be fucked up today. You know, lots of people working from home or something. I don't know. So I didn't get a chance to watch it. And then we had to push the, the show anyway. So I was like, all right. So I turned it back on today and started, you know, resumed from where I was. And it did the exact same thing again through the entire rest of the movie. So I was just like, well, I guess fuck this movie and didn't watch the last like half hour of it. Oh, you, you missed out. Cause that last half hour is pretty fun when they go yeah. all the way up to like the North pole to have their final battle. Yeah. I was going to say that's, that is most death. The best part of the movie. <laughs> Probably. Cause I really was kind of bored by most of the rest of the, uh, the movie. So you didn't even get to see uh, Robert Carradine get uh, whale jacked? I guess not. Damn. That's why you said, oh, Robert Carradine's in this? I'm like, he is? Yeah, he shows up. He's one of the crew at the very end on the boat. And I don't think he's in the rest of the movie, right? Where the fuck did Robert Carradine's character come from? I blinked, turned away, and all of a sudden he was on the boat with him. I didn't recognize Robert Carradine. Robert? Robert Carradine, very young Robert Carradine, uh, is why I didn't recognize him. Yeah. Was the one who, at the end, was he was kind of like hanging off the side of the boat, and the killer whale jumps up and grabs him by the arm and drags him into the water. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, no, I, I think he. I'm not sure if he was on the previous boat or not, but it doesn't really matter. He's not really a character in the movie. I mean, I probably I don't think I would have recognized him if I hadn't have looked away and heard his voice because his voice is recognizable. OK, because, yeah, I mean, in that final crew, when they head out to do battle with the whale, when the whale finally convinces um, Captain Nolan that it's his 
duty to go out there and, and fight him. It's really the three people that matter, right? It's like the scientist lady, the native guy, and then our you know, so, Captain Ahab standing. So Native American guy, Native Canadian. I'm like, I'm <laughs> um, I'm 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 lost on this. Is it racist if if a Native American is doing a terrible? impression of a cartoony racist caricature of a Native American? Here's the thing. That character was progressive in 1977. The fact that they took the time to have him show up and to have him um, be sort of a voice of reason throughout this was a very progressive thing in 1977. In 2020? Little racist the way they just have the Native (laughs) guy come up and be like... Yeah, my ancestors knew this whale, and we knew better. Oh, I mean, every every fucking thing about it. The only way it could have been worse is if he had ended every sentence with "Hey, ya, ha, ha." Like that's the <laughs> only fucking way. Yeah, it could it, be worse. Look, that it is what it is. When you watch movies from other eras, the portrayals of other cultures are not always as uh, as we would have them today. But it's I, I do think at the time that that was not would not have been seen as racist by anybody it would have been no i don't i don't think so it would have been viewed as a compliment to have that character there and to have him be the voice of reason and he was sort of representative of the more natural order of things and you know you shouldn't have fucked with that whale and now that you did fuck with that whale you have to pay the consequences for doing so that was sort of his role to play to explain that to the lead character and uh you know as as a as for for plot purposes, it made sense to have him there and saying those things. It had been done more sensitively, yeah, but it was the seventies. I I was going to say, so I think my biggest my biggest problem with this entire movie is that I don't care what you do, killer wells aren't scary, and they really are dangerous. Like in in the wild, they really could just fucking kill you and drown you if they wanted to. Yeah. And you don't think that's scary? <laughs> no, they're not scary. Like they're they're pretty animals with very smooth rounded teeth and and they're threatening noises. Oh, oh. It's not fucking scary. I don't give it even after watching it rip a girl's leg off, you're still like, yeah, I don't buy it. <laughs> oh, I I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, killer whales are they're giant. They're like fast as hell. They're like sharks, but smarter. Basically, I don't. I don't see how you could not be scared of one if you were in the water with it. Oh, I think if it was on me, I would be scared of it. Once again, I understand that they're dangerous and they could they could kill me. I, I ain't gonna fuck with no goddamn killer whale. But on screen, I don't. They're just a a slick pretty animal that makes a, a a sad sound no matter what it's doing which just is not it, it, from purely from the perspective of trying to use it as the bad guy in a horror movie it's not scary well and again let's point out it, I'll, I'll just say it wasn't the bad guy in the horror movie that's that would be the point yeah that's it, what i was gonna i was gonna ask but my, my alternative telling of the plot of this movie is very different from yours because I look at this as a peaceful Canadian town where the people have been coexisting with the potentially murderous killer whales for all time and one fucking American boat shows up <laughs> and it's a bunch of guys That's out us. to make a quick buck 
by fucking okay. with the natural order. Okay, but he's an Irishman. Right. So your defense is it's all the immigrants' fault. I, I kind of saw that coming. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just saying, for once, it's not the American that's the bad guy. It's the only boat with an American flag on it. It is the only boat that sails from an American port. It's stated in dialogue that they have rented their house for exactly one month. That's how long it took them to ruin the lives of everyone in this town and destroy a killer whale family. They were they only had the house for one month, and they didn't even make it through the month. <laughs> so that's, that's how I see this movie. I'm just like, yeah, fucking people. Hope we keep that border closed for a while. You're not wrong. Uh, but yeah, like watching the beginning of this movie, I was like, well, this killer whale should just kill everybody that's involved with this situation. I would, I would not blame him whatsoever. It does. And I mean, it, that's its goal, right? It goes after the people responsible. It has no intentions of hurting anyone who isn't directly responsible for attacking it. Well, see, I don't, I don't think that that's true because it, it seems a whole more like it's it's only interested in in killing the guy but it's it's very much willing to hurt anyone it can to draw him out i don't know if i agree with that it rips it rips the chick's leg off yeah but she was part of his crew anybody who was helping him is fair game right he's the leader of the bad guy he's he's cobra commander but the rest of them still deserve to be punished as well. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I appreciate the fact that I, I like the fact that they, they do the turn too, where like after killing the female whale and stuff, he kind of almost has a, well, in some ways, literally a come to Jesus moment where he, uh, he realizes that he's done the wrong thing and that he, he is in the wrong and has violated this animal. And all he wants to do is make amend, and instead the whale's like, no, me and you, bro. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Now watch me pop out of the water and do my dramatic look gopher impression 20 times throughout this movie. <laughs> I don't like the way you, the tone you guys are taking towards this movie, because I fucking... I the tone I'm taking? Movie. Oh, gotcha. You called, you called it boring earlier. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I love this movie. I I I think the opening is just it's stupid, but it's fun watching that whale attack that shark, and the, after the guy's like hiding from the shark behind a rock, and he drops the rock, and he's worried the shark's gonna hear it and come after him, <laughs> like as if the shark's seeking him out. But I and, feel like and, they use footage of a real great white shark being killed, and I'm not a big fan of that. I'm not sure if that great white shark was being killed or not i can't couldn't tell but i mean if they did i would i would agree that that's incorrect um and i'm not saying that they killed a great white they got like stock footage or something but it's just yeah yeah. this movie did not have the budget to kill a great white (laughs) no but yeah I, i think the scene where the scene where the female whale is killed and her that fetus comes out of her and they like use the fire hose to push it off is ridiculously effective. I love that moment. It's just, it's very difficult to watch. Yeah. And then of course, yeah, like a lot of the other stuff is it's full on cheesy. We're talking about a cheesy, you know, 
killer animal movie from the 70s. There's lots of them. So yeah, when there's a whale funeral and the whole family of whales gets together to push the carcass of the deceased whale back to shore. Yeah, like that's cheesy, but it's well done. And the scenes where the whale is like attacking the town and burning things down, those are all great. I don't understand how anybody could find it boring. I find that... Yeah, I, I find I find that criticism of it weird. If you wanted to argue like, okay, that's not real whale behavior, and they're, you know, overly personifying that whale, like, sure, those are reasonable criticisms, but that's that's what the movie is, right? Yeah, I was I was gonna say because I wouldn't even call it. I don't know, I I think I feel like cheesy's almost the wrong word because the the stuff the movie does well, it does very well, and all the acting's good and like I don't I don't have a lot of faults with it other than first of all like I said in a horror movie whale's not scary <laughs> no matter what you do whale's never going to be fucking scary you paint the fucking flames and a skull on it and it's just going to look like a little kid's bicycle <laughs> swimming under the water <laughs> like he can't he can't do well, anything I, for that I agree that that would not help I think we can all get on board for that comment. <laughs> but like I said, but the problem is, is the things it does poorly, it does very poorly. Like what? So, so the let's talk about so the dramatic look go for joke I made doing that once having that whale come out in the whole thing where, it you know, it's got the reflection of the guy in his eye and he's like, oh, I'm looking at you. And you're like, OK, that's that. That's a pretty good moment. Like, it's a little cheesy and silly since it's a killer well, but that's fine. But then they do it like five more times and you're like, okay, fucking cut it out. There's definitely an excess of reused footage in this film. And like the that one shot of the whale doing like a jump out of the water, which then I think they just reversed it so they could make it look like it was two different shots. And then sometimes they put both shots up on the screen at the same time. And you're like, I... Yeah, they they overuse some things like that. And that is because of the budget. And that's... I mean, it's a Dino De Laurentiis film. Um, So if you you go back, like, post-Jaws, Dino De Laurentiis made the King Kong remake that we talked about a couple of weeks back mm-hmm. and that was supposed to be his response We're like oh the world wants to see a killer a killer animal we'll give it the biggest killer animal and they made this giant epic movie and he was super pissed off when it didn't make as much money as Jaws did so you can only imagine that this movie is his direct response like fine the fucking animal has to be in the water we'll put it in the water what's another animal in the water <laughs> and I, like, I don't think it's a coincidence that this movie opens with the orca destroying the great white. I think that's him flipping off Spielberg in oh, his totally. own weird low budget way. Um, so yeah, like it was, I don't, I, they weren't going to put the budget necessary into this to not have to reuse those shots once they could establish them. But I don't know. I, I was, all, I was fine with all that. Like I love these seventies monster animal movies. I love these movies that take like a ridiculous concept, like a killer whale with a, a vengeance for, for the guy that killed his mate, and they treat it like it's kind of serious. I like, you know, I, I love when they do that. That's the old child's play thing where you take this ridiculous concept, but we we're going to pretend it's serious, and we're, nobody is going to be in on the joke during the movie. I think it's great, and this movie the, just handles it perfectly well. But then at the same time. There was a moment where somebody in uh, a writer's room or in a, a meeting with the director said, what if the orca pushes an iceberg into the boat? <laughs> and nobody said, yeah, let's not do that because that sounds real fucking stupid. 
because it's not stupid at all in the context of this movie. Again, it's is it ridiculous and is no way an orca would ever do that in the real world and everything. Yeah, sure. But we've already had this orca burn a town down in order to get the townsfolk. Like, I'm pretty sure that it was all part of its Joker-like plan to get the townsfolk to pressure Nolan to come out to fight it. It's like, if we just punish the whole town, they'll eventually send him out here because they know what we need and what he needs to do. These newfies will send him out. They don't care. Did did you guys feel like all the characters in this movie were like uh, poor man ripoffs of other more well-known actors. Yeah, it's a Dino De Laurentiis film. We already yeah, I, I was going to say, I felt like every time I was looking, I was like, okay, so the main guy is just a Rugger Hauer stand-in, and then the the dude with the curly hair looks like poor man's Daniel Stern. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's just a lot of those things in this movie where I'm like, what? what? Who the fuck are these people? <laughs> When when the most well known face that pops up on the goddamn camera is Robert Carradine for ten seconds, something has gone awry. I think Richard Harris is famous. Who's the lead actor? I don't know what he's famous from, but I think he's famous. Wasn't he Dumbledore or something? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was in some movies like that and some other things. And you're acting like Bo Derek wasn't in this movie, no? You know she was. You noticed her. Was she? Yeah, Bo yeah. Derek's the chick. She's the chick that gets her leg bit off. She's in the part you saw. The weird thing is, Bo oh. Derek's usually kind of hot, and somehow in this movie they like unhot her somehow. They like because they put her in like all these like big baggy clothes and like old jeans and like somebody who works on a fishing boat so it makes sense that she looked like right. that but yeah but i'm saying why why would you have bo derrick be that person well everybody in this movie was that person i'm just saying you could have bo derrick be the hot uh scuba diving orca instructor i don't i feel like they have those in newfoundland i don't know Anyways, so it's mostly a good movie. I mean, it's like I said, it's it's perfectly fun to watch. This would be a good party movie. Like if you're sitting around with some friends looking for a horror movie to drink some beer. And yeah, I, I think it, it works on that level. I also just think it's a super fun movie to just just sit back and watch and enjoy. And just if you can just buy into the ridiculous concept and get yourself past the fact that you know it's a, it's a killer whale taking revenge on the guy that went after his wife. Like I think the the kills are good in almost like a slasher movie type way where the like when he takes that guy off the side of the boat that's fun when he bites that one guy's arm off that's fun you know the girl's leg is great when he trashes the house and the girl's gonna fall in the water that's super fun like all all those different moments are great and so I, like I think you yeah you're you're dealing with the fact that it's a killer whale that pushes icebergs into boats sure but. You know, he really wanted the guy to come off the boat and fight him man to man, so he had to do it somehow. The I, I was going to say one of the funny things is if you wanted to make this movie more scientifically accurate and better at the same time, at the end, whenever he uh, the the whale does the weird thing where he, he's on the ice sheet and it jumps up and like is attempting to tip him up to slide him into his mouth like a, yeah. a tasty snack. Uh, the real way that 
orcas hunt when something's on the ice sheet is they like swim toward it and then go under it real fast and it like throws a wave of water over the ice and will like knock penguins and shit off the ice into the water so it can attack them and that would have been a way more suspenseful scene of it like knocking him back and forth with waves and trying to stay on the ice without going in the water well if you've ever seen them hunting seals and stuff too they will like slide right up onto land to try to grab stuff so they could have done it that way, where he maybe thought he was safe. The whale yeah. slid right up. I don't think they were going for scientific accuracy in this movie. I don't think no. that was ever the plan. <laughs> I, do, I do like the fact that after after he slides down and you think, okay, the whale ate him. Instead, it turns out, whale didn't eat him. Whale has decided to, like, fling his ass like a fucking ragdoll into an ice wall. Yeah. Because fuck him. That's why. Exactly. The whale was pissed off, right? This is just like a standard 70s vigilante revenge movie. It's just one of the people and it happens to be a whale. It's Death Wish with a whale. Kinda. Like you could see this being made if they if somebody took this plot and were like, okay, but instead of getting the guy to come out into the ocean, he has to like meet this whale. Like maybe the guy lives in like a really high end apartment building, so the guy the, the the bad guy whose gang name is Whale is just going to torture the people in the apartment building till they send him out to fight him, and then they have their big final fight. You could see that movie coming out in the seventies. It's just you know, in this case, they happen to go with the more literal. We're just going to have him fighting a mo- uh, an animal in the water. They call him Killer Whale. <laughs> Don't tell me you couldn't see that. I'd, we'd all watch it and we'd oh, recommend 100%. it. 100%. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I love Orca. I've always loved this movie. I've, you know, I've owned it on DVD for years, and I've, I don't know how many times I saw it back in the 80s. And it doesn't get old at all for me. I just, it holds up really well. It's, it's definitely one of the best Jaws ripoffs, which either says a lot about Orca or it says something really bad about Jaws ripoffs. Uh, yeah. It's one or the other. It, <laughs> Maybe it, both. It might be both. What's funny is like a lot of the, the, the valid criticisms of this movie, because people call it boring or just wrong. But <laughs> like, like it, when people say like, Oh, like you've, they've over personified the whale and stuff like that. Like, yeah, and those criticisms actually apply to Jaws as well. Like, the, the, you know, the shark does not act like a shark in that movie at all, and the whale doesn't act like a whale in this movie at all. But it's so in, in some ways, it's like not only is it one of the best Jaws ripoffs, but it's also one of the most accurate Jaws ripoffs. Uh, listen, I will partially accept that argument, but at the same time, we didn't have things like. Uh, what is clearly the shark in Jaws giving them the middle finger. <laughs> While in this movie, you definitely have that. I mean, kind of. When the the part that, like, of, of all this, all the stuff the whale does in this whole fucking movie, the one part I just, I cannot quite forgive it, and I'll, I'll you know, I, and I actually kind of go, oh, come on, you know, is when they're following the whale and it sticks its tail out of the, and, like, calls them. Well, that's, <laughs> like, that's the moment I'm like, talking about, where yeah. essentially that whale is like flips in the yeah. bird. It's like, hey, hey, assholes, yeah. come this way. He's doing like the, the just bring it thing where he's like, or the come at me, bro, whatever you want to call it, that humans do with their hands. He's doing that with his tail. Like, come on, come on. Yeah, I, I, 
it, it's a bit ridiculous. And I, like, I know that they can train killer whales to do that, but I don't think they do that in the wild. Have you ever seen them in the wild? Have I ever seen killer whales in the wild? No, I have not. It's something then how do you know? That's a good point. Boom. Uh, well, anything else about Solid Orca? Comeback. No, Orca's right. great. People should all watch Orca. Yeah, I'm not saying don't not to watch it. On, don't don't to, watch enough voodoo, apparently. I don't yeah, know. I, can't I had a shitty time trying to watch it. So, yeah, I mean, It's the only movie that it does it on, so I don't know what the fuck is going on. That's so weird. Yeah. I find that something is going on in the world of digital technology, though, because there's like... It's, it has to do with something with where they're getting their copies of their movies that they're transforming into streamable services. Because when I tried to watch Tremors on uh, Netflix, it popped up with the FBI warning and then the like rating that usually does not come up on movies unless you're watching them on like a VHS tape. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, where did they get this copy of this movie? Why didn't they edit those parts out that don't normally show up on Netflix? So I think there, there must be just like new ways of where they're getting these and whoever got the DVD and burned it into Voodoo's server yeah. got a shitty DVD. I don't know, because the, uh, the quality of the video is good. I just don't know, like, why the fuck does it keep skipping? Yeah. It seems like the kind of thing you could probably get your money back for if you'd noticed it, like, within the first year of owning the movie but since you buy stuff and don't watch it forever that screws that yeah oh whales um well something that we didn't have to pay for Doug do you want to tell everybody about tentacles uh tentacles so I mean you want to know a plot description of tentacles well plot description (laughs) quotes uh okay so it takes place in Solana Beach, California. Cute little town. Has itself a nice uh, race every year where little kids are allowed to go out in sailboats by themselves for some reason that I don't think is safe. The <laughs> uh, giant octopus shows up, starts eating things. They eventually have to go after the giant octopus, and they end up uh, calling in some killer whales that we met earlier in the movie that I thought were just a coincidence to fight the octopus at the end. <laughs> and that's that's it there's not much else going on in this movie we do for some reason like uh, John Houston plays like a reporter who is like actively involved in trying to figure out what's going on when these killings are happening and his sister that he lives with for some reason is Shelley Winters <laughs> who is the comic relief of the movie so we see her like every now and again we cut back to her and like her son and she's just part of a, I don't know, 50s rom-com, but for some reason she's like the overtop comic relief. Um, I don't know why either of those people are in this movie or why they're behaving the way they do because they're, they're not acting like they're in a 70s horror movie. <laughs> it's sort of weird. But other than that, yeah, I mean, plot is not this film's strong point. This film's strong point is things getting eaten by an octopus. Mm-hmm. Is that a good enough description? It's good enough for me. Do you, uh, was this the first time watch for everybody? It was, yeah. Yes, indeed. For me as well. Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed this one. So it didn't skip or nothing. And it's free up on YouTube if you can sit through it with some uh, Japanese subtitles. 
here in Canada, it's available through Amazon Prime. But you do accidentally support Jeff Bezos by watching it. So. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> I'll um, tell you what. It really got me going with that baby snatching. <laughs> uh, the second it snatched that baby, I was like, all right, movie. You let that octopus snatch that baby. Let's go. As soon as she walks awesome. away from the carriage, I'm like, that baby doesn't stand a chance. And I'm like, in my head as I'm watching the scene happen, I'm like, I know the right thing to do is for that baby to simply go missing and nobody knows that an octopus took it. Like, God damn, I want to watch an octopus eat a baby right now. Like, that's all. I was just like, I really <laughs> wish we could see that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'd say it starts off pretty strong. <laughs> I was going to say it would be great if they did it in an almost comedic way. You just see like a giant octopus tentacle come up and you see it kind of like pat around once or twice and then just <laughs> stooch the baby and pull back real fast. That'd be fantastic. But again, the money shot has to be like the octopus using all eight tentacles to shove that baby into its mouth hole. <laughs> it's like, no, you get back in there. But yeah, um, like, it, yeah, it, it right away it kind of grabs your attention with the, the baby yeah. eating. <laughs> uh, the funny thing is, I watched this today while I was working. Okay. And uh, there's like three or four men on here that have like blonde hair, and I thought they were all the same character. Oh, it is hard to tell them apart. <laughs> I was I was paying attention and watching it on a big screen, and I got lost a couple times. Yeah, I was like, "Wait, isn't that 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 dude's wife? No, is that not his wife? Yeah. That's scuba guy, right? Wait, no, that's whale trainer guy. Weren't there like multiple women that had like French accents too? And I'm like, why are why is that happening? <laughs> Two of them that are sisters or whatnot. Were they sisters? Is that what was going on there? I don't know. I didn't really try to keep track of which yeah. character was which. I didn't yeah. even want to. I'm just like, where's that octopus? The only reason you What's even need to know is because, uh, yeah, the the whale trainer has his connection to his whales, so he could be like, hey, let's load these whales up into this giant Pringles can and bring them out to the ocean. That's about it. Yeah, that's a weird. That's a weird plot thing that I don't know if I just wasn't paying attention to the movie or if they just really hammed that up at the end, whatever. All of a sudden they're like, what if we bring these killer whales out here? Fuck that octopus. That's fucking awesome. And you know it. Uh, it's real cheesy. I, I oh, like yeah. it because it's cheesy, but it's real cheesy. I My biggest complaint about this one is there is more than one extended fucking uh, scuba diving scene that is just way too long and pointless. Yeah, yeah I'd agree with that. I like how you're not complaining about how the octopus does the same thing the killer whale did, where it like sticks its head out of the water and peers <laughs> around. Hey. At one point, it's swimming along with its head out, like as if the head is the shark of the the fin of the shark <laughs> although, although I'll tell you what for some reason it doesn't come off quite the same uh, dramatic look gopher pose that the I mean with the orca it's just like the fact that it pops up and it almost you could hear the music go bum 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 <laughs> oh this one is more like Benny Hill music so I think that's what makes it more forgiving because this movie definitely plays at the camp a lot more oh yeah, oh, this, yeah. This, this movie is definitely 
the uh, evil octopus from the end of the Robin Williams Popeye movie made into a <laughs> horror movie. Yeah. Which that thing scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. So this movie may have scared me if I had saw it as a child. Yeah. I will say, like, this, the, the, there's, like, the one shot where it attacks a boat, and you get the shot from head under the water, and all the tentacles, like, grasping onto the boat. And I'm like, if this was a serious horror movie, mm-hmm. that would have been a really cool moment. But because it's not, it's just fun. Yeah, it's pretty awesome watching the, uh, yeah, when they're on that boat, like, out in the middle of nowhere. The octopus is just like, well, time to fuck this boat up. Knocks the lady into, like, what the fuck happened? There was, like, this giant spray of water that, like, busted in the windows of the boat and, like. If you want to understand what happened, then you're watching the wrong movie. Yeah, that's true. This is is not the movie for you. Just the way to get the woman in the water and then, yeah, the tentacles pop up out of the water and grab her. And I'm like, that's fantastic. (laughs) It looked great. It was fun to watch. Mm. Who cares if it was logical or reasonable? <laughs> I'll tell you. See, once again, in real life, if somebody told me, hey, don't go in that water, there's there's a half a ton octopus in there, I'd be like, fuck that water. Fuck this land. Fuck this place. <laughs> <laughs> but you'd be like, yeah, he pulled a baby in. You'd be like, I'm moving to Arizona. I'd have been like, that's your fault. You shouldn't add that baby so close to that goddamn octopus water. <laughs> octopus water? I'm just saying, they're all terrain. They're hyper intelligent. Octopuses are fucking freaky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was kind of the, the one kind of disappointment in this movie is we don't get the octopus coming right up on land, which I would have liked to have seen. I, do, uh, I was okay. I was gonna say I do I do like the fact that in this one the octopus kind of does become an ambush predator because while it goes out and it attacks a few things at the beginning once once we get to the boat wreck it almost just chills on that spot and it's like more assholes will come <laughs> <laughs> come assholes try to save your friends ah I ate you now let's leave your boat here for more assholes. <laughs> It's not an inaccurate description of what goes on in this movie. It's just, it's so ridiculous. And then there's that moment where they're like, the kids are all in there having their race. And they're all like, gotta get the kids out of the water. There's an octopus coming. And it's, you're just like, what the hell? Like, as if the octopus is going to go after all of those kids and all those different boats. <laughs> Char, so Char actually watched this one with me. And and she was she was like, why is there a boat race and why wouldn't they cancel the boat race? And and I was like, oh, Char, you know nothing of this genre. There's always some kind of weird beach event and they never canceled the beach. Oh. Event. Oh, good <laughs> All those kids paid their five dollar entry fee that Shelly Winters was so upset about paying, even though she's you know, rich enough that she owns two sailboats. But she's still upset about paying the five dollar entrance fee. Did you explain it to her that, like, uh, you know how right now a lot of politicians are like, hey, we should we should reopen because it's hurting the economy. That's not a new concept. No. 
<laughs> right. basically basically the the mayor from jaws started all that I, you know what the fucked up thing i feel like everything's being run by the mayor from jaws now <laughs> <laughs> pretty much and i'm not just talking about like america i mean just like everything every every part of the world the mayor from jaws people are like you know what i think he's a guy we could really trust <laughs> Uh, what's the meme that's that was going around? That the uh, how you know it's important to vote is because the mayor from Jaws is still the mayor in Jaws too. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys think it was weird that when they put all the kids in the sailboats to go have a race, then the adults had a clown come in and entertain them so they didn't have to waste their time watching a kid's race. <laughs> like, everybody put your children in these boats, and once they're out to sea, then we can enjoy the clown, and the kids will be gone and will not have to, will not be in our way. Did it, did it also seem weird whenever those boats started wrecking, and it seemed like perhaps kids were intentionally knocking over other kids' boats, that all the parents were like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying the horror kicked in there a minute later but before that everybody seemed like this is a normal part of this race and we encourage this behavior well what about like the Shelly Winters character she's like you're gonna need this uh, walkie talkie when you're out there in order to be able to communicate with land she doesn't give the other kid one she only gives it to one kid <laughs> She gives it to her son. The other one's her son's friend. Fuck that kid. She just immediately goes over and starts watching the clown. So she's not paying attention to that race anyway. So why is, what good does that walkie-talkie do? Yeah, fuck that kid. Yeah. Anyways. All I know is now that we talked about it, I feel like there should be an episode of Robot Chicken that's all about some kind of a union meeting that's all of these shitty mayors. It's like... <laughs> It's that guy from Piranha, that mayor from Jaws, <laughs> fucking just all of them. <laughs> Those guys who run the camps all around Crystal Lake. <laughs> I would like to. They there should be just one spoof movie that is a comedy version of Friday the 13th, that it starts with that. It starts with some guy buying that camp and the uh, the real estate agent happening to disclose everything. <laughs> and then them still buying it. Anyway, be like, oh, yeah. Well, and then two years later, uh, seven, seven more teenagers were murdered. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. And then the next year, eight more teenagers were murdered here as well. Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah, the next year, 15. 15. 15 were murdered. <laughs> well, I think I'm writing that tomorrow. Thanks a lot, Noah, for the idea. <laughs> so, I was ignoring you guys, and do you want to know what I just learned? What's up? I, I just went to the IMDb uh, goofs for tentacles, and the first one it says factual error. Although the movie's called Tentacles, technically, octopuses have arms, not tentacles. And then it breaks down the scientific definition of the word tentacle to explain the difference. And then the second goof is factual error. Octopuses don't roar. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's my favorite thing I've read all day. <laughs> Good Lord. I mean, I guess they don't. Yeah, I just love that they're 
so concerned about being so scientifically accurate in this movie. Um, anything else before we move on? I will say if you like aquatic horror, I would recommend this. This is a lot of fun. Not super yeah, serious, it's a, but it's it's hilarious. It's it's a delightful cheese fest. Yeah, I mean it's I would say this one would be a great like you mentioned the other one would be a good party movie. I think this one would be great for that. Because yeah. you can kind of just like I did find a lot of the stuff involving the uh my, any character that wasn't an octopus, I kind of got bored of them pretty quickly, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, look, the first five minutes you get to go, oh, that octopus is going to steal that baby. It's going to steal that baby. And then it <laughs> steals the baby. So I think that starts everything off on a very positive note. I like I like the fact that, like, tonally, you're trying to figure out which tone it's going to set. You're like, okay. Is this a, just a cheesy 70s movie and the baby's just going to be gone? Or is this an Italian movie from the 70s and that tentacle's going to bash that baby on the rocks? Which is it going to be? Are you going to bash that baby? And then uh, you get to hear Shelley Winter's brother in the movie basically tell her she should stop being such a slut and... Uh, concentrate on settling down yeah yes well then he tries she tries to get him to start dating as well while he's standing there in his nightgown and i'm like i don't i don't know what's going on with these two i think it almost felt like those two characters were just edited in from a much older movie every day we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in at u.s border patrol protecting our borders is more than a job it's a calling Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. What did anybody watch since last time? Uh, man, I can't remember how long ago it was. <laughs> Did I talk about seeing Bloodshot last time we did an episode? Yes. yes. Okay, then. Uh, fuck. What the fuck is <laughs> I love how you're always surprised by this question, as if we don't ask every week. <laughs> you'd, think, you'd think at this point I would be writing stuff down that I watched, but, uh, but I don't do that, so... That's what Letterboxd was for. And actually, I don't think... I might, I honestly might not have watched anything. I've been working on this uh, script I've been writing, so I've been doing that. 20 pages in, pretty proud of myself. Yeah, Noah's taking a screenwriting class. Yeah. That's, that's actually kind of interesting. Right. You feel like you've learned anything new? Uh, I think for once I'm actually writing a, a screenplay in proper format. 
mm-hmm. and in a in a better, more readable way. No. I mean, basically, if I can just if I could just get my my grammar and shit cleaned up, because I have a bad habit of not being able to see my own mistakes. But besides besides that, the thing that I've learned doing this class is a lot of the time whenever I'm writing, I'm real hard on myself and I'm like, this isn't good. I fucking hate you. You know what I mean? Mm. But in this class, you it's all uh, peer review. So basically you turn in your section of your script and then you have to read a bunch of other people's and give them notes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And now my confidence is so good because I'm like, oh, my God, everyone is terrible. <laughs> I, was, I am so much better than 99% of these people. Well, especially if you're starting out. Um, I always tell people when they ask me about, like, well, how, how do I write a script? And I basically just tell them, like, you just write. Don't, like, start and then obsess over, like, well, this one scene... It's like, no, you just write the whole thing down. So the whole thing is down, and then you can go back and start, like, fixing everything. Yeah, get it down to 120 pages and yeah. and clean it up. So you're going to come out and then read it and be like, oh, this is shit. And it's like, no, you got to get your whole idea out. Now you can go back and start processing everything and fixing it all. Yeah. So yeah it's one, probably going to suck. Yeah, and one good thing that they forced me to do for this that I normally don't do whenever I'm writing. And I think it's helped a lot is like, it forces you to outline. Mm -hmm. So basically you have to outline the first act of the movie. And then after that, you have to break that outline down and you have to outline the first 10 pages. And then you have to write the first 10 pages and then you have to outline the second 10 pages. And then you have to write the second 10 pages and doing it that way keeps everything so much more organized. And I'm like, (laughs) Whenever I go to write, I'm just tearing into it because I already have everything straight in my head. And I'm like, you know what? Normally, I wouldn't have outlined this and I would have got so fucking lost and started rambling. And I'd have 35 pages and only fucking 10 of it's any good, you know? Well, that's good. At least Noah's doing something to better himself during quarantine. Yeah, trying to be productive. Once once I finish this, I'm going to write another script that I've been wanting to do for a long time. Because the one I'm doing is more of a fantasy drama type thing. But I've got an idea for a slasher that I want to write. So I'll probably do that next. Or maybe I'll actually write H.H. Holmes on Holmes. I've been joking about making that fucking short for years and years and years. <laughs> what have you been doing to improve yourself, Doug? Me? I watched some more Jaws robots. Oh, yeah. Because two wasn't enough, right? <laughs> so, um, I watched Barracuda because I thought I'd never seen it before. Mm-hmm. But in retrospect, I'm pretty sure I have seen it before and I've just blocked it out because it's not very good. <laughs> I've done that before. Have you guys seen that one? Or? I have not seen that one. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's your very typical killer fish seem to be happening right around this chemical plant. Uji, I wonder what could be causing the killer fish, right? And oh, look, there's a conspiracy to cover up the fact that the chemical plant is dumping yada, yada, yada. So the whole movie, I'm like, yeah, fine, 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 fine. When are we going to get to our big climax of like 
how are you going to kill all these fish so that they can't get out to the open sea or you know whenever we get into that plot point and then they never get there the final confrontation is between like the people I think it's like government agents who are covering up the chemical thing because they're trying to weaponize it going up against the guys that have been called in to fight the fish I'm like well that's not the climax to this movie at all you're doing it wrong I'm just like I didn't sit through all this cheesy nonsense to not watch these guys fight a bunch of fish at the end of the movie so I was pretty annoyed by that Um, and you know the rest of the movie was just pretty mediocre leading up to it which again like you can save a movie like this by just having a fun climax and they didn't do it so I was pretty upset Hmm. luckily however I then watched the movie Dark Age from 1987. Mm-hmm. Ozploitation giant crocodile movie. Nice. Um, yeah. In this one, when the animal eats the baby, we watched the jaws clamp right down on that baby. So that was super fun. <laughs> that made me really happy. <laughs> um, it, <laughs> it does have... Uh, because it was 1987 and has the multiple layers of racism so you've got you got like the park ranger or whatever the hell he is that's out there who doesn't really want to kill crocodiles so he's sort of he's sort of willing to kill this one so that you know they'll leave the other ones alone if we just kill the one that has actually been killing people um but he's trying to befriend like the aborigines in the area which aborigines might not be the politically politically correct term for those people but I don't know um, what like the First Nations of Australia are called um, and so you get them doing like you got these guys like his the bureaucrats are all like super racist against them and I'm like okay well there's your level one racism but then I don't know if it's like because they start talking about how they don't want to kill the crocodile because it's a dream crocodile or something and they have like a spiritual connection to it now I'm like oh is this a is this more like that second level racism where you brought these guys in to be like the magical black characters that have this emotional connection with these animals? And I wasn't sure, <laughs> um, partly because I just don't know enough about that culture. But yeah, it's it literally is just a crocodile eating people for a while. There's a fun scene where uh, some guys are just like bullying another guy and the crocodile just shows up and eats them for bullying, <laughs> which is fun. Um, no bully. You know. Indigenous. Indigenous is what they prefer to be called. Indigenous peoples? Is that the word? Yep. Okay. I know, like, I think Aborigine was what we called them back in the 80s, but I assumed that that was outdated. Um, so, anyways, I've been avoiding referring to them as anything this whole time, if you haven't noticed. My brain's been, like, turning, going, like, don't use that word again. Don't use that word again. <laughs> you, could, um, you could flip it and insult the other people by calling them non-prisoners. <laughs> Um, yeah so anyway this movie it it breaks the rule that I set up in the last movie because it actually ends up with a confrontation between the human characters as well but it does sort of a double climax where you kind of get like okay so they've decided they're going to catch this crocodile and bring it to some reserve rather than kill it and that's the big compromise so that everybody who's capable of catching it was willing to kind of get on board and of course they do the whole like the big climax of the movie is them catching it 
but then boom, the big switch happens, and some of the guys are actually intending to kill it. So now we get the climax between the human characters. So uh, I enjoyed that little twist at the end, which I guess technically I just spoiled for people. But boo. Yeah, I mean it's it's a killer crocodile movie. I've probably Sorry. already talked about it too long. I'm sure everybody <laughs> could see it coming from a mile away. Yeah. It's a killer crocodile movie from 1987 made in Australia. So probably if you're listening to this, you already know whether you like that movie or not. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, uh, I I was I had a great time with those ones. Um, And then I continued my Marvel watch. Oh, yeah. So I got to watch Civil War, which is a great movie. That is, it's sort of the epitome of what Marvel had tried to do a couple of times in the past with, like, uh, Iron Man 2 and then even with Age of Ultron. Like, they were trying to do this thing where they tied in all these different storylines and introduced new characters, but who at the same time is tying up old storylines and stuff. And I think Civil War is the movie where they finally, like, they just nail it. They get it just right. Like they just they bring in Black Panther like out of nowhere, but it just feels natural and it builds right into the storyline. And you know they're they're kind of it's a direct sequel to Winter Soldier, but it's also a sequel to the Avengers movie. And they they really do a good job of tying it all together. I love it. Um, and then of course, the thing I, I think the thing I love most about this movie is there's like all of these super powered characters, and it just comes down to our two main characters just punching each other because they're just they just can't find a way to get along and i'm always like fascinated by that i'm like it has so much it has so much more impact than most superhero movies do when they have like these world-ending consequences and it's just two guys just fighting with really no consequences beyond who wins that fist fight like if if captain america loses that fist fight at the end what he gets arrested like that's the major consequence to come from it so but but the emotional impact is so much more important I really like that movie. Yeah, I haven't watched it in a while. Well, he gets, he, he gets arrested and Bucky probably gets executed for treason. <laughs> Arguably, yeah. It's hard to say what would happen with Bucky because by this time, it's kind of knowledge well, not, well known that he was under mind control and that he was not the one responsible for the deaths at the beginning. So... I don't know. Interesting to see what would have happened there. Would have been would have been quite the legal drama of how to handle that case. <laughs> I, I was I was going to say weirdly, my favorite part of that entire movie is is such a minor thing for most people, and it's when uh, Wanda has to turn on Vision, and she yeah. drives him to the floor. Man, it's so good because I think you finally because they do a good job in that movie of leading into the fact that you know Vision's in love with her and just hasn't said anything yet but that that just look of betrayal on his face is so good Yeah, there's actually like a number of little moments like that where characters who have a relationship suddenly are fighting and you're like it, it, they all seem to work which is weird because it's a, I don't know, it's just it's a hard thing to pull off, but they seem to have just nailed it. Uh, you know, um, uh, and it, I should we should probably talk about the airport scene. It's still awesome. Like, it's one of those scenes that's just it's, it's iconic for a reason. 
it's so good. Rody, Rody getting hurt is it's it's arguably one of the best moments in all of the uh, the Marvel movies. When he hits that ground, it looks so harsh. It's just he just comes slamming down to that ground, and you're just like, oh my fucking god! Like, it's I, I still sort of wish he was dead. I think that would have been narratively the better option, but what are you gonna do? I hope not. I'm still I'm I'm actually really still hoping for a war machine movie. Yeah, you could have done a prequel, they're doing a blood with Black Widow. I think I've heard Don Cheadle say that he's pretty much done with Marvel movies. Not that he's like disgusted or anything. I think he's just they have not they don't have him signed up for anymore. I don't. I'd like to know now. Now that they're rethinking things, I'd like to know who they think their new uh, best foot forward is. Because it can't be Spider Man, right? Because they they signed that short term deal, and that's just that's just not gonna fly for too much longer. I think they were hoping that Captain Marvel might be it, but. Yeah. A lot of it's due to in silly douchebags, but just in yeah. general, fan reception was not as good for her as it could have been. Do you think they uh, put all their chips on Thor? I see, but I thought Chris Hemsworth pretty much said that he's like, I don't have a lot of these left. Yeah, but I've also heard him say that he loves playing Thor and he will play Thor until they tell him he can't play Thor anymore. Right. And, and they so kind I don't, of. I don't think he's looking to leave like Chris Evans was, so. Yeah, they blew, they blew their wad with uh, Hulk and kind of fucked that up. And and with those weird uh, rights issues that they have with Hulk, I don't think we'll ever get a Hulk movie. Until they buy Paramount. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, they really don't have a lot of options. Is it going to be one of these new people or are they going to try to, like, push the Eternals? I mean, maybe they're thinking old Jon Snow is going to blow everybody away with fucking Black Knight so much that he'll be the new top dog. But I doubt it. Like, that actor's good. He's not fucking Robert Downey Jr. good. No, but they got Fantastic Four coming up. They got the X-Men coming up. They got yeah. lots to play with. That's true. Well, and if Fantastic Four actually ends up being, uh, fuck, why is why is my brain not pulling up their names? Husband and wife, quiet John, place. John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. Yeah, yeah. If if they end up being Reed Richards and Sue Storm, that movie will be fucking awesome. Yeah, I, I agree. That would be good casting. Um, whether the movie'd be good just to be seen, but. Yeah. I, I can't imagine that Marvel will allow anybody to screw up the Fantastic Four any more than they've been screwed up in the past. Right. Shang, Shang-Chi is kind of a roll of the dice. Yeah. Blade, Blade could be fucking awesome. And the weird thing about that one is so if Blade comes in and that's the one that like locks it down, then that will be interesting because they'll have to throw the entire MCU in a new direction and go – in that maybe more dark, more violent horror direction, which would be odd for them to try to do with their Disney-fied sensibilities. I don't think they're doing that. It's not an issue. 
I don't I don't know, because they were saying even before they announced Blade, they were saying that they were planning on doing this horror bent. And there's already talks about uh, Moon Knight getting folded in and uh, uh, Werewolf by Night folded in and a bunch of those characters. So I think they're planning something. It almost to me, it sounds like they're planning on doing a Midnight Suns run, but that would be really fucking cool. But I don't know if it'll ever actually happen. I feel like they're they're gonna have they're gonna have the X Men like you know in case of emergency break glass type situation. Or if shit starts going down, they're like ah fuck it, all right, let's get an X Men movie up and going. We need Wolverine on the screen as soon as possible. (laughs) The biggest thing I worry about, man, X Men comics do not play well with the rest of the MCU. They never have. It's always been a problem. Yeah. It would almost be better for them to just make two separate universes and do one that's universe with mutants and then universe without mutants. Mm-hmm. Well, they are supposedly introducing the multiverse with Doctor Strange. That you could do that, right? Yeah. And you've got if you introduce the concept of alternative timelines in like a, one of the things I like about Endgame is that they introduced that idea of alternative timelines, but kind of limited it so that there aren't so many as there might be in a more traditional time travel movie so they could have one of those timelines have mutants in it right yeah yeah I don't know should be interesting I mean considering this is like the first big summer we're going to have without like a Marvel movie sort of leading the charge it's going to be interesting if if people are just like well I guess that's over and they stop going to them or what happens can we can we talk about how fucked up it is that so and you know we all have our own selfish bullshit. My biggest thing right now with the quarantine because it hasn't really affected my life all that much. I had a I had a friend get real sick and uh, I hope I hope he's getting better, but he almost died. But uh, my my biggest worry is man, there were so many good movies that were coming out this summer. <laughs> they're all gone. They're all gone. All the movies are gone. <laughs> yeah, but now you'll get to watch them Sad. all in your home, maybe. Yeah, but I like going to the movie theater. Oh, trust me, I do, too. Uh, it's been painful, but even stuff yeah. I really wanted to see in the theater, I now can watch at home, and I'm like, yeah, but it's not the same. I still haven't watched it. It's going to be interesting, too, because I think... Are they going to continue to make movies in the same style if their people are watching them at home? Right? Are they going to scale them down a little bit? Which could be a good thing, depending on your perspective. Yeah. I I was going to say one of the interesting things is I guess Blood uh, Bloodshot ended up making quite a bit of money, which was which is weird because I thought part of the reason why it went on sale is that it was doing so badly because of dropping out of the theaters and then going to that twenty dollar on demand bullshit. Uh, but they're saying once they put it on sale for $14, it like sold like crazy and they made a lot of money, which, which also started the pissing contest between universal and, uh, AMC. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. Pissing, pissing contest between, uh, movie makers and content providers usually ends badly. See 
blockbuster video destroying the entire rental market. Uh, good times. What else did you watch, Doug? Um, well, on the Marvel front, I watched uh, Doctor Strange, which is a very typical... Uh, I'd only seen it once before, so I wasn't really sure whether I liked it. It's, it's such a typical uh, origin story. Um, just enhanced with ridiculous good visuals, um, which I thought were really cool. So I I enjoyed that one. I, like I said, for some reason, I'd only ever seen it once before, and I couldn't even really remember it that well. Top but, top three. Yeah, I, 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 I really liked it, and I love the performance, and all the performances really in it. Um, so I, I thought, yeah, I was super happy with it, even though even though it doesn't offer much beyond uh, like just the origin of the character. I thought the climax was super fun where he just annoys the piss out of like an eternal being until it leaves earth alone. It's like, um, it's a which, is, which is a very Dr. Strange comic booky type of <laughs> resolution. Yeah. It's, it's, it was just funny. Cause I'd like, again, not remembering it and being caught off guard by it. I'm just like, what the hell are we just gonna seriously have this guy <laughs> just annoy that, giant monster until the monster is like fine I'll leave Earth alone if you stop doing this it seems like I read somewhere that someone had a theory that now that the infinity stones are destroyed or whatever however you want to explain it um, that leaves the door open for Dormammu to become like a super big bad like on like Thanos level for another yeah. phase of the Marvel Universe or something? It makes sense. But yeah. I, I'd like to see Dormammu come back, and then I would really, really like to see Mephistopheles and uh, uh, Kang. Yeah. Trust me, I'd be super excited for Kang, because all the time travel stuff in uh, Endgame is some of my favorite stuff, because I'm a sucker for time travel stuff. So. What? One of the weird things is now they're they're suggesting that Kang might be introduced in the uh, the streaming service shows, but then end up being the big bad in the movies. And I have a hard time believing that that's true. Yeah. Well, it depends on your definition of introduced, right? Like they can weave in some background stuff, sort of the way Thanos was throughout, like. Theoretically, he was in charge of a lot of the stuff that went on in, you know, Avengers, but wasn't actually really a part of anything. And then all of a sudden, he does end up becoming the big bad in the later phase. Like, you could do that with almost anything if they wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. You guys aren't interested in agreeing or disagreeing? Yeah. Just move on. Come here. Beyond, the Beyonder would be fun, too, but... I, I, if they do the Beyonder, it'll be because they're doing Secret Wars. And I think if they do uh, Secret Wars, that is the herald of the end of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Look, let's just be real. We just want to get this Fantastic Four movie out of the way so we can have Doctor Doom. Man, I really want a good Doctor Doom. Right? That'd be cool. He could be. Like, even more badass than Thanos if they did him right. Yeah. I've been trying to think of... None of us know what's coming, you know. We can just wait and see what they announce and what they no. make. No! 
do do any of you have like a a actor who you would be down with to be Doom? No, not I, really. Yeah, I don't. You, you know what the funny? If I had a time travel machine, uh, Udo from about fifteen years ago. <laughs> Udo Kier. Yeah, I can see that. Oh, he'd be so he'd be so fucking good. Now he's too old. Mm, Carrie Oldman. <laughs> Because he can do anything, so why not? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, he doesn't. You don't. You don't have to look at him because he wears like a mask or whatever. <clears throat> so all you really want is the performance. And I mean, Gary Oldman, boom, snatch him up. Yeah. See, actually, Mads Mikkelsen would have been a good choice too. I Ooh, think. Yeah. He, they've they used him up. He's strange. Used him up already. I was gonna say if they hadn't already used. Uh, uh, Andy Circus, Andy Circus would have been a good one too. You motion captured Doctor Doom. Well, just because he's <laughs> he, he's he's a uh, he's good at voices and he is very good at uh, physical action. I mean, that's why they use him for mocap stuff. Yeah. So you put him in a suit where he can't move his face, he's still going to be convincing and good. They could have him do a voice and get like. Some other guy that's famous for being a motion capture actor, to like a Doug Jones or something, to be the this takes over as the body, so that it's, he looks different. I don't know. There's nobody that just like jumps right out of me. It's like this is Doctor yeah. Doom. Let me be honest though. Like of all the Marvel characters, there hasn't been like a single one where I'm like, oh, you got to get that actor. And it's always just they announce somebody, and I go, oh yeah, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> like every time dating all the way back to Robert Downey Jr. I'm like oh yeah like it's the first picture of him with the beard you're like yeah okay perfect oh yeah they uh, the the choice of Robert Downey Jr. was uh, one of the most inspired fucking castings of all time John John Favre they, they do not say it enough but uh, Disney should be licking the boots <laughs> of John Favre because he fucking nailed it oh they do they, that's why he is probably going to work for them for the rest of his life yeah they let him be in charge of the Mandalorian too and that worked out okay so I don't know can he run both of their major <laughs> franchises did, uh, did what you do the, the jungle book and the lion king i think yeah and i think those I did pretty did. well i didn't see them but yeah yeah, yeah. that guy's turning out okay the the jungle book was all right i wasn't all that impressed with yeah. it but so the, the fat guy from Rudy that used to pal around with Vince Vaughn all the time is actually turning out to be a good director, it turns out. Who knew? The guy that's money? That guy? Yeah. Turns out he actually is. Crazy. I think he knows it now. I watched a bit yeah. of that. Uh, there's like a behind-the-scenes thing for The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. I forget what it's called. I watched a bit of it, and it's like, I'm pretty sure John Favreau knows just how good he is. Like, you can kind of tell that he's got a little <laughs> bit of arrogance to him now. He's surrounded by the people who directed the individual episodes, and he's kind of a little bit talking down to them, I feel. <laughs> so, look, I created the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh... They created a Star Wars entity that majority of fans don't have arguments with. I've never. I don't know anyone who doesn't like it. Do you? Have you guys met anyone who doesn't like the Mandalorian yet? 
uh, it seems like there was somebody who was like, yeah, it was okay. And I'm like, you're ridiculous. It was fantastic. Even that, though. Like, considering the reactions to all the other Star Wars stuff over the past, you know, since 1984, or even now, previous to that. I did before before it was, the season was even done. I did say that I think... Uh, I'm curious how, if you were watching The Mandalorian for the first time on a binge watch, how that would play. Because I don't know if it's necessarily like a binge. It's not show. designed to be binged. No, no, it is. The episodes are very standalone. Like, there is a through plot, but they're clearly designed to be standalone episodes. Yeah. Which is interesting that they're taking that approach when the world is clearly leaning into uh, sort of the more binge way of doing things but i think disney wants to put the time and money into making a quality product that'll yeah. last and a lot of shows that are very you know quote unquote binge worthy you don't go back and rewatch them whereas the mandalorian i think you would so you might just go back and watch your favorite episodes or something like that right yeah uh which do you want to talk uh, mandalorian stuff for a second sure anybody uh here the Boba Fett news? Yeah. Are we excited? Still some, excited? There's still some controversy about it, though, right? Because they've announced, yeah, there's going to be a Boba Fett, and they've announced, yeah, this actor's coming back. But in theory, that actor could be playing any one of the clones as well, right? Could, but they've specifically said Boba Fett, which is pretty solidified as far as I would understand it. Yeah, but they could have him playing multiple characters. They could do whatever they wanted, right? Oh, sure. Of course. I just I just hope they don't try to make Boba Fett a Mandalorian. Because yeah. that would upset me. Yeah. Then apparently Katie Sackhoff is going to play somebody who she voices in one of the cartoons. Yeah. So. it's There's so much content now that you can't keep track of that but you know there's some people who are huge fans of that character who are going to be very excited and I'm happy for those people Yeah. Right, anything else Doug? Um, well, I also watched Guardians 2 nice. which is not I don't want to go off on another tangent but it's not my favorite of the Marvel movies I feel it's uh, a little too cartoonish for me and kind of delves into the uh it feels like it doesn't have any stakes because it's a little too comic-y. So, uh, I, fi- I find just... that strange because I weep like a child at the end of that movie. Yeah, see, it, it just doesn't have that impact for me. Mm. It does for me, so, too. I don't know. You're just hard. I guess I'm the weird one. I, I am. I still enjoy it. I don't think it's as good as the first one, but, uh, do like what they're trying to do and I can't wait for the third one to finally start filming if the world yeah. doesn't end. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. It's it's gonna happen sooner rather than later, I think, so I just loved how they uh how they came up. Oh, Doug Doug's going to check on his kid. I'm glad that wasn't awkward by him saying it out loud. Um, I did like how they decided who to cast as uh, Peter's dad. 
which was just, hey, if we were making this in like the 80s or 90s, who would we cast as Peter Quill? Well, of course, Kurt Russell. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess we should cast him as Peter's dad. I So, despite, despite the fact that I really like Guardians 2, mm-hmm. I do not particularly like what they did with Ego. Sure, I can see that. I think I would have preferred to see ego as you know what I mean with with the the face of the planet like yeah screaming and angry and yeah know. no I get it it's I mean it's almost akin to doing a Green Lantern movie and having Mogo but then just not having Mogo be a planet oh yeah it's like well what's I mean, even the I point then burn burn this bitch down yeah so yeah I get it but. You know, putting uh, Kurt Russell in the movie makes me happy. He could have just been a different character, and he would have been fine. Right. I mean, he could have been any one of the Celestials. Yeah. I don't know. Ugh, I'm sad thinking about it. Sad thinking <laughs> about the end of that movie. At least they do have a shot of the planet with an angry face on it towards the end. They do. They do. Yeah, I know it's not. I know it's it's not an excuse for everything, but better than nothing. Um, let's see. So we have no idea if Doug's coming back ever. It's be like the last time he just left and apparently his kid beat him up and he laid on the ground like bleeding to death. So so, so what did you watch, Brian? Uh, in two weeks, I only watched one movie, apparently. I looked at my list and I'm like, that can't be right. But apparently it is. Unless I forgot to... Uh, to log something, but but me and Amanda have been watching uh, Parks and Rec, so pretty much any any time we're you know we're watching TV, usually it's Parks and Rec, which is fucking hysterical. So, uh, so the only movie I watched is The Fun House by Toby Hooper, which I had never seen before, mm-hmm. and so I gave it a watch, thinking like, ah. Oh, you know, I don't. I, I haven't watched a lot of Toby Hooper. Maybe I should watch it. People say this one's pretty good, and I wasn't a huge fan of it, so I was kind of bummed. Yeah, all the people who seem to talk to me like they like it can't seem to give me a good reason why they like it. Yeah. So I've so I've never bothered to watch it. Yeah, I mean, it's a good idea. The these this carnival comes to town, and apparently these kids go high school kids and they decide what if we stay in the carnival after it closes and you know have sex and stuff and they're like okay so then they hide out in the haunted house and what they end up witnessing is the weird ticket taker for the haunted house ride that was wearing a frankenstein mask is this weird deformed creature who ends up killing the fortune teller of the circus or the carnival because uh he paid her a hundred bucks for a handy and then he he came too quick so he wanted the hundred bucks back and she says too bad so he killed her nice and they end up witnessing that and so then of course the guy that runs the carnival who of course the deformed guy is his weird son Decides, well, these people can't leave the carnival ever. And so then the rest of the movie is them 
trying to hunt these kids down in, in this haunted house ride. So I'd say it's a great setup, but the execution was very boring. Uh, have you been keeping up with uh, what we do in the shadows? Oh, of course. Last week's episode was all was a Colin Robinson episode, and it was fantastic. Oh my fucking god! I I had to pause it a couple times because I was laughing so hard I couldn't watch the fucking show anymore. Uh, yeah, you fucked me up so the good. part the part where he just goes, "I have hair now." <laughs> uh, I just love the the beginning. The beginning is him getting called into the office, and he's like, well, I've probably been caught, because uh, honestly, I have no idea what they do here at this company. <laughs> and it turns out he hadn't been doing his job horrible enough, so he actually got a promotion, and he was so pissed off, because he's like, god damn it. Now I have actual responsibility. <laughs> I do love I do love the, uh, the whole mad with power plot line they do with him just of the idea of now he can call staff meetings and they have to listen to him talk <laughs> which means he can always drain people whatever he wants to drain people oh yeah I can fly now <laughs> as he swims down the hallway I can fly now uh, and just the uh, the stuff where he is essentially draining the other vampires without even trying so they're all just sitting in this in like the living room like on the couches like all like just laying there yeah he's not like, cool colin robinson <laughs> and he's like guillermo i don't have any energy come put your neck in my mouth <laughs> he's like i can't get up master okay camera guy come over here and put your neck in my mouth <laughs> he just opens his mouth <laughs> uh yeah that show every week ends up being better than the week before and god i love that show so much which as we've mentioned i was like well this show's gonna be shit and no it's it's fucking awesome so I, i've still been trying to find i want to see the other spinoff show too but i still haven't been able to find any of it uh, the parent wellington paranormal or whatever yeah the one about the the two police officers yeah yeah, I tried to look it up too and can't find it anywhere. So. I've seen reviews for it. Everybody says it's pretty funny. Get your shit together, New Zealand. Are you back, Doug? I am, yeah. I was just letting you guys finish your chat since I still haven't seen the show. So. Uh, Do you watch anything else, Doug? Um, I am trying to remember where I was at. Guardians 2? Too. Okay, so the last thing I watched, which is not connected, is uh, The Girl with All the Gifts, which is from like oh, 2016 yeah. or something. Like, everyone else saw it back then, except me. Um, I, I didn't. Been locked inside long enough that I'm finally getting to my 2016 to watch list. <laughs> uh, Girl with All the Gifts it was fantastic. You should see it. Yeah. So it's it opens up in this like weird bunker thing with uh, there's these kids that are kind of being locked in these like cells and then being dragged into a classroom constantly. And like the first little while, you're not sure what's going on. And I was going in pretty much blind because I hadn't seen a trailer since 2016. <laughs> um, 
all of a sudden it's like, oh, these kids are infected with like a like a rage zombie type virus, and that they're. It turns out, like we find out as we go on, that they're kind of semi-immune, and we eventually learn exactly why, which I won't spoil because it's pretty fucking gross and cool. Um, and they're basically like experimenting on these kids, trying to come up with like a uh, vaccine for the <laughs> rage virus that is infecting the world and causing a zombie outbreak. Then, of course, you get the uh, the typical like zombies overtake the place so you have this one kid and her teacher and the head scientist that wants to chop up the kid for vaccine parts and a couple of soldiers end up on the run throughout this like it it feels very much in some ways very much like a 28 days later inspired zombie apocalypse partially just because everybody's British Um, but really cool takes some really neat twists that you won't see coming has this whole has a bunch of like deed ideas in it too where it's like all the people are wearing like a uh, almost like a cream that they wipe all over themselves which blocks their scent from the zombies so that they won't be attacked as often and stuff and it's there's just fun ideas like that scattered throughout it um yeah the little girl is really good she's like like she at first I don't think she even knows that she's like infected so she's just she's being super polite to everybody constantly but deep down she kind of wants to eat them and then we do get to watch like a child character eat a couple of animals on screen and she just walks around with blood all over her face for the rest of the movie um yeah it's, it's a huge recommend I'm sure a lot of other people out there have seen it but it's just it was really really good um technically not a zombie movie because the things don't die and come back to life and they do know how to run which is again not zombies can't run but I'd recommend it wholeheartedly have not seen it Uh, a couple years ago I was doing like this book exchange with some friends and somebody sent me the girl with all the gifts to like the book that it's based on Okay. And I didn't know anything about it. And I started reading it and it got about 20 pages in. And I went, oh, all these kids are going to end up being are zombies. And then got completely disinterested and didn't finish reading it. So when the movie came out, I was just like, nah, no interest. Really? That doesn't interest you? The fact that the kids are zombies? No, I was just, I'm not huge into the zombie subgenre. There's obvious exceptions. Um, but zombie stuff is not something I'm normally drawn to. I think you'd like this one. Yeah. That's it. Well, maybe I'll watch the movie so I don't have to commit to reading an entire book. Well, yeah, and some of the stuff isn't going to work as well in a book format as it will. I mean, the visuals are important in this type of storytelling. Um, I don't know that I'd want to read a zombie book that much myself, but... Yeah, I don't know. It's you say that the, certain things like the performance from the little girl is integral to my enjoyment of this film, and I don't know how that would come across in a book because you'd have to create that character with your own mind, kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, I was I was super happy with that one. 
I would have ranted about it next week if you didn't come back to me. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it for me. So I don't know how far along your list you got. Uh, well, we talked about the one movie I watched, and then okay. uh, we were talking about what we do in the shadows, and I don't think I really watched anything else of note. Yeah. Um, Fucking Colin Robinson. <laughs> I really want to see that show, but it turns out in Canada it's only available through a streaming service that you can only watch if you have a cable uh, package. That sucks. It's really weird. Yeah. So, if you get a chance to watch it, I would highly recommend it, because it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. If I do start talking about it, don't ask me where I watched it because it means I watched it illegally somewhere. <laughs> Just a possibility. You know what? I say, I say if they're not going to make it readily available to you, you could do whatever you need to do. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way. It's like it's not, it's not my fault that you guys won't put it on one of the like many, many streaming services I have <laughs> access to. Um, and then the only other thing I, I guess I can bring up is I read a book called Taking Shape. And it uh, runs down the making of every Halloween movie. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I had heard it was kind of an in-depth look at the at the making of all the movies, and I would say that the the phrase "in-depth" is not the same does not mean the same thing to me apparently that it does to whoever said that. Um, it's not quite as super thorough as I kind of wanted, but. They do talk about each movie and just sort of the challenges of getting it going and all the problems they had along the way. But, you know, there's not, there's not, uh, there's some stories I know about the making of some of the movies that they don't even bring up in the book. So I just feel like there's, there's room for improvement, but I will say I thought it was thoroughly enjoyable. Um, and just made me want to go back, even though I've kind of already been rewatching some of the Halloween movies up through part five. It does make me kind of want to go back and finish off the ones I haven't watched in a while. So it was interesting. Uh, the same guy wrote a book called uh, Slash of the Titans, which was all about getting Freddy versus Jason made and all the weird iterations that almost happened and uh that's next up on my on my reading list so see if i enjoy it as much as i did the uh halloween book then i've heard the that uh his next book that he wants to do is a book about all the halloween movies that were almost made kind of going into what the plans were for these movies and why they kind of fell apart which might be interesting. He ends yeah, up interviewing a lot of people, but there's just some noticeable, noticeable people that were like, yeah, I've talked about Halloween enough. I probably don't need to, to go into another interview. So that's kind of a bummer, but still enjoyable. If you're a fan of the Halloween series, here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. Uh, Noah, why don't you tell us what we're doing next week? So next week we're going to do cop movies, uh, Hot Fuzz, and Sergeant Kabuki Man and YPD. It's not Hot Fuzz, is it? Or is Super it? Fuzz. Super Fuzz. Let's, let's do Hot Fuzz instead. I have a feeling I'm going to enjoy Hot Fuzz more, and I'm going to enjoy either of nope. those other movies. Super, super Fuzz. 
Listen, I think you guys will be pleasantly surprised with Sergeant Kabuki Man. I saw it once, like, years and years ago, and I don't remember it very well. So it means I didn't love it or hate it at the time, because otherwise I'd remember it better. Yeah, I'm not a huge trauma fan, so this ought to be interesting to uh, see how this goes. I don't I don't think this will be like last week if I can't find those streaming here. I don't think I can just watch other movies by those same titles. So. <laughs> Looks like uh, Super Fuzz is on Amazon Prime down here in the States. Yeah. I'll look into it later. I'll, I'll find them, I'm sure. There's a good chance searching Kabuki Man's on YouTube, but I'm not sure. Troma puts a lot of their stuff on their own channel. Yeah. yeah. So. Interesting. You decided this week wasn't campy enough, so we had to, uh, had to go Troma route. Had to go, had to go campier. Like I said, I was really debating because it was either this or we were going to end up doing uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. I think I made the right decision. But you're like, <laughs> you were like, we can't start a whole month of movies not at the beginning of the month. That's yeah. a lame excuse. <laughs> I think I think my bigger concern is I didn't want to get locked into a a, a whole month theme. Hmm. Yeah, we'd, we'd hate to have a whole theme of movies for the entire month when we're all locked in our homes anyway. <laughs> it's a perfect time when you think about it. Can't tell me how to live. Oh, this, this is where we re- reveal to listeners that we're planning on doing a, an Invasion of the Body Snatchers month. <laughs> that, uh, Which is yeah. funny, because it's at least one movie, and then, like, three different remakes of that movie, and then, then like, three other uh, sort of remakes that kind of rip it off. Yeah, we're... It wasn't hard to come up with a list of movies <laughs> that were for that particular month, which is funny. Hmm. I had a point to bring up. I completely forgot what it was. Oh, yeah? Uh, obviously super important. Yeah. Most of the stuff we say in this podcast is very important, so... <laughs> Nothing. No, I guess, that's, gonna, I, guess, I guess that's where we'll end it. <laughs> you say, we'll end it. <laughs> we say a lot of important stuff in this podcast. <sighs> I was going to say something, and I heard Amanda upstairs talking to our dog. Because we're trying to get her. We bought her these stairs for the end of our bed. Because okay. we want to try to try to help save her joints as much as possible as she gets older. And she refuses to use them. She will purposely jump from the floor to the bed and not even touch the steps. So I heard her upstairs, and that was distracting me. And then we were talking about whatever the fuck we were talking about. And then, yeah. So now the show's over. All right. You got that dog stuff to talk about next week. Exactly. It's when we stumble through our discussion. (laughs) Yeah, fucking Sergeant Kabuki, man. What's the other movie? Sorry, Super Fuzz. Super Fuzz. I don't even think I've heard of that one. I know I have. Better not. I better not watch a trailer. I better just you know watch that one. When I looked it up on Just Watch, it said Super Fuzz, nineteen thirty-three. I'm like, that doesn't seem right. And I looked at it, and yeah, they just have the wrong the wrong year on the listing. Uh, okay, I was like, it's funny because I'm staring at it. 
<laughs> so starting the same thing. Yeah, a movie in 1933 called Super Fuzz? What the fuck? Yeah, it's, it's 1980. It's got Ernest Borgnine in it. It's an original title, Polizio Superbuio. Is that the right one? <laughs> Seems right. Uh, I'm watching that one because it's the one that showed up when I did it. Does it, does it, have, does it have Ernest Borgnine in it? I don't know. Well, I guess I guess it probably provides me with that information if I keep looking, but... Oh, you know what? Uh, I was looking at it. I don't know if this one said that Ernest Borgnine was in it either. No, we're should probably look. Sounds like, sounds like it might, might be doing Super Fuzz from 1933. Oh, yeah. yeah this, is, this has Ernest Borgnine. Oh, yeah, okay. That's, that's the one. All right. Well, that's good. I have easy access to that one. Serge Kabuki, man, they want me to pay for it, so we'll see how that goes, because... I don't know. That doesn't seem like I should have to pay for that movie. <laughs> it's not very nice. Somewhere, somewhere fucking uh, Lloyd Kaufman starving in a ditch because of you. Yeah, sure he is. He's not starving anywhere. He, if anything's wrong with Lloyd Kaufman right now, he's upset that he's not getting enough attention during quarantine. That that brings up what I was going to bring up. It's very uh, convenient we're doing Sergeant Kabuki Man for the next episode. Lloyd Kaufman's going to be on Joe Bob Briggs this weekend. I, I heard that. I think they're doing Troma's War. Yeah. So that was the big point I was going to make. And now I finally remembered what it was. And it turns out it wasn't that big of a point. Yeah, it's not that big a deal. But I'm probably going to leave all this stuff in it now just so that I get my point across. And no, this whole thing has been... It's been ridiculous, and I can't believe all of you actually listened to it. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission... Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.